Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute The podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day One repetitive minute at a time I'm your host, Sean And I'm your other host, Dave And joining us once again we have John and Niall from Bat Minute 89. Welcome. Oh, thank, thank you guys. Thank you for having us. Yes, bonjour. Yeah. We are here to give you a lovely, lovely fun day. Ready to put our little hand in yours. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thank you for, for joining us once again. We've, we have you back to talk about Minute 42. And so, Dave, give us the rundown. Minute 42. All right. Minute 42. Phil arrives to see Heidi, too. And a new Mercedes with his new girl and his best Clint, East, uh, Clint Eastwood attire. And his new yeah, his new date sporting a French maid outfit. And Phil now asks to be called Bronco. And he greets Nancy as she walks by. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so well, we, we see things kind of headed where we thought they were going with this, this armored car. And, uh, and Phil pulls off the heist, leaving a, a couple of... Confused guard, guards in his wake. Mm. It's a, it's a real testament to the small town as well. The fact that like these kind of sort of enfeebled old men, they're they're the bank security. This is like because must be so just like the, so little crime in the area that it's just like yeah, it's, it's completely baffles them. The fact that like oh, there's a bag missing. Well, this is weird. You know, yeah, nobody would steal it. That's, yeah, that's yeah. insane. Well, no, no, no one would do that. I mean, Gobbler's Knob, the way it presented in this film, essentially stars Hollow from the Gilmore Girls. Like, it's got that real, <laughs> that vibe. And then, then Phil Connors is obviously, you know, Luke from <laughs> just a kind of grumpy guy who has to be there. But, like. <laughs> I love the way he steals the cash as well, because the, the whole setup, it's kind of like a video game, you know, make sure the guards are distracted and you can grab the loot unseen. Mm-hmm. And then it made me think has there ever been a video game of this? Because I think you could do that kind of fun. Mm. Of 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 heisting, exactly. No, or? of groundhog. Day. <laughs> of ground- There's a lot of heisting ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, I play saying. Monaco. That's a that's a heisting. Kind that of is game. a fun one. Yeah. Uh, I, Monaco and Payday. The first ones come to mind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with Groundhog Day, because it's the era where every movie had a crap game to go with it. Like I had, <laughs> I, I had a yeah. Blues Brothers game when I was a kid, and it oh. made no sense. It was like a platform game where you you had to collect records. Oh yeah, I, but there were enemies attacking. I didn't really understand. It was what a bit we had to like ride like a like a dragon and stuff, wasn't there? Like yeah, it had, yeah. It had nothing hell? to do with the film. <laughs> so was there a Groundhog Day game? I could I could see it being a thing. There I hasn't could... been a Groundhog Day game, but I do know there are some games I played. There are a lot of a lot of more of those are, are, are they're an indie game where it's like not a multi-million dollar budget mm. but I, there's a couple platforms i can think of where you dying and starting again is part of the mechanic where you mm. you 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 either progress to a certain point and you get something set up so when you die you're gonna go back and you're going to using that life and thing that you learned you're going to progress farther Ah, okay. So I, I can't name anyone right now, but I, I, in my mind, it's like I can. I remember a bunch of platformers where, yeah, you, you it was okay to die because like you couldn't progress farther until you knew that oh, there's that enemy here or there's that wall's spikes there, and then you're gonna set something up for when you die, you'll come back and you'll go farther in the level. Mm. I, I would say though, this is '93, isn't it? So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. 
we're used to now with like Xbox games and whatnot, where you have infinite lives. But one of the most you know traumatic things, if you know you were a '90s kid and grew up with like Nintendo or Sega, was that you did not have unlimited lives. Like it was always a very finite amount of you know you could have you could have done a Groundhog Day because you only get like <laughs> four attempts and maybe five if you got a bonus life at some point. But yeah. that was always the the, the, the thing. That's, that's the difference between your, your kids nowadays with their Xboxes <laughs> and us real gamers back with the Sega Mega Drive. Oh, those entitled kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, I do were... like. I was. Just, I just want to say that I do like this. The setting this track for Phil. That yes, he's sort of in a hedonistic place. He's just eating what he wants and and fooling around and robbing banks and and just worried about having a good time and not really thinking about the implications or the the future for any of this but you know he's he's not looking to hurt people like he does figure out a way where he can kind of get this heist going and he he doesn't have to pull a gun or anything like that like certainly he could just yeah he could just hit the local sporting goods shop because this is this is America so there's there's a gun shop on every corner that he could have just run into and pick up a couple Uzis and and just, you know, <laughs> mow everybody down. But he, he doesn't do that, you know. Even even when he believes, oh, this is all gonna reset and there's no there's no tomorrow, there's no implications or consequences, you know, he's he's not making it extra messy. Well, is it true that you can basically just buy a gun like that? Because that's how we see America, I'll be honest. That's, I, that's the impression we yeah. get. I I do exaggerate a little bit. Um, it depends on where you are, um, how strict they're going to be. It, it kind of does depend state by state. But in in rural Pennsylvania in the early nineties, I'm yeah, I'm imagining he probably there is there's certainly a town like this. There's going to be hunting. There's going to be a sporting goods store that he could have walked into and. Yeah, twenty minutes later, walk out with with a rifle or a handgun. Yeah, I, again, maybe it's just the it's the cynic in me as well. Like, because we're only getting to see selected scenes of mm-hmm. Phil's entrapment. Yeah. Uh, so, for all we know, maybe he has done versions where he's killed both guards. Maybe he's had an entire lifetimes where he's lived as like a friggin' Patrick Bateman esque. Super psycho, <laughs> slaughtering the town, and then yes. again, once he gets out, to read it, he's just like, "You don't know the things that I've done." Like, <laughs> like they don't yeah. count because these people are still alive. But like, I killed these people multiple times. <laughs> and like, <laughs> again, fascinating film to be had post Groundhog Day. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's true. There's there's we there's a lot of things. Clearly, there are things that Phil is doing that we're not seeing. That at least up to this point, we're seeing the end results of the plans and we're seeing when it works out and uh as as we should expect and as we'll see later in the movie in the film things don't always work out the plans don't always go according to plans i i wanted to know about i feel like these guys these security guards i feel like their key rings are way too far back on their person <laughs> that i was like how do you get these keys off of your belt to actually use them to unlock things and wouldn't they be easy to steal like that? Oh, like, yeah. A, 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 right, a good pickpocket. Yeah. yeah. And it would be. It would be. Um, okay, so all right, I, want, I want to cut to the theater. I want to cut to the Alpine yeah. Theater. And, and yeah, go. Phil pulling up in that. In that <laughs> I don't know if it's like a... The thing is, it, I don't know if it's a brand new Mercedes because it looks like an older Mercedes. But, like, 
perfect. Like maybe it's like a class. Maybe he went to like the, the, the maybe the car dealership was like it was a classic, mm. cleaned up, like refurbished mm-hmm. Mercedes on the lot because it looks like a. If anything, it looks like a late '80s model mm. Mercedes. It doesn't looks look quality like it. though. Maybe yeah. that's why he's gone for it. Well, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did do. Uh, you know, as we we've done on our own show, I went to address the internet movie car database. Thank oh. you. To find you out go. exactly what this is. This is a Mercedes-Benz 600. And then beside it has brackets W100. So I'm not a car guy. I don't know what that means, unfortunately. But uh, I will say it's been in loads of stuff. Surprisingly, uh, it was. it's actually in Batman and Robin. You get the... You remember there's a scene where Bane is driving poison poison, poison ivy around? Yeah. And uh, he's mm-hmm. wearing like a stupid fedora and it's a really silly scene. <laughs> and I just remember that scene and been like, oh my god, that scene's so stupid. And then I realized like, oh god, we're going to have to cover that whole movie <laughs> down the line. <laughs> um, but it's also in Hannibal, the TV show. Excellent TV show that I know at least me and John are both big fans of. Uh, mm-hmm. And oh, then it's yeah. interestingly, it's in animated form. It's it's been in the animated Street Fighter 2 TV series and the animated Black Dynamite TV series. So people have gone to the Whoa. effort to draw this specific car as a sort of like a status symbol, I guess. So what what did it say what year this car is is considered? Uh well, look it up quickly now cuz it just said yeah, Mercedes-Benz 600. It didn't give a year. Yeah, I don't see a year, but it's also probably one of those things where they they didn't redesign the models very often. Yeah. Okay. And the um, the most prominent thing it featured yeah. in that I know will definitely be of interest to John is in the iconic scene in the pilot episode of Twin Peaks when oh, uh, yeah. Audrey Horn is introduced. She's in a Mercedes Benz 600. That's uh, that pulls oh, up. You open okay. the driver opens the door. You see her like the iconic saddle shoes come out, and then you're here's Audrey Horn. Clearly, yeah. Bill Murray is channeling Audrey Horn. That's uh, <laughs> what he's going for. That's great, that, that pilot episode, too, because that's her with a different haircut. And then when they went to series, they brought her back, and Cheryl and Fenn's hair was way longer. And nowadays, because people interpret everything in Twin Peaks has been deliberate, someone, someone out there has been like, that's something to do with like a, a time warp or something. There's a reason why her hair looks different. And it's like, guys, not everything was planned in this show. A lot of these theories... <laughs> Do not add up because they were just making it up as they went along back in the day. So, but anyway. <laughs> so, Sean, I wanted to know: do we have a do we have an identification of this of this date, this French made date of Phil's? Um. Yes. Well, yes, we do actually, and we have a a Batman connection Ooh. through yes. uh, through the movie date as well. Um. So this is a Phil's movie date. Uh, in the script, she gets a name. She's actually, it's Lorraine um, in the script. But in the movie credits, I think she's just Phil's movie date. But Phil's movie date is played by uh, Sandy Machmeyer. Masmeyer? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Yeah, Mosh, yeah, something like that. Sandy has not done much. She only has seven acting credits in IMDb. Uh, but the preceding Groundhog Day... She appeared in Ghoulies Go to College, uh, which was also released under the title Ghoulies 3, 
Ghoulies Go to College. I have a feeling that was like a direct to uh, to home video release. <laughs> I think you guys, all the Ghoulies movies were. I was like, like well, you guys, I remember Ghoulies was like the biggest thing in the UK. Like everyone, people used to camp outside to get tickets for like the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. honestly don't know if that's if that's a lie or not. <laughs> like I don't know. It could be. Put up a poll. <laughs> but, Ghoulies big in the UK? Yes or no? Well, what stinks for her is that it's but Groundhog Day, Ghoulies Go to College, and then. The TV series credit she has in an episode, new the new Adam Twelve. She so she has it's <laughs> yeah. it's Kenner's girlfriend, beauty Phil's movie date. So it's like she really doesn't get like you, she like she doesn't probably, get a name. Yeah, yeah, she get the casting sheet. She's like I'm one step above the extras. Like damn it, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, her her first part is a Night Rider, the TV series where she just played receptionist. Um, but yeah, so well, so. She was in uh, Ghoulies Go to College with uh, Marsha Wallace. Of course, you guys will recognize that name. Oh, yeah. uh, big, big voice from The Simpsons. Hell yeah. And so from The Simpsons, Marsha Wallace has worked with uh, both Harry Shear and Joe Montana, who have both worked with Michael Keaton, hey. who was Batman. <laughs> so, uh, so short connection there between Sandy and... And Batman. Yeah. Oh, yes. Awesome. The more the merrier. Plus, he's also in uh, Knight Rider. So I'm guessing, because she hasn't yes. done much recently. So I'm assuming she just like, hit this, hit Ghoulies 3, and just figured, like, my career can't get any better, <laughs> really. Like, I might as well just bow yeah. out now. <laughs> exactly. Where are you, you going to go from there? Okay, so here's here's my next question, and we got to figure out now. You know, the Alpine Theater is playing what we could just see is one production of mm-hmm. Heidi 2. Heidi 2. And that's a fictional movie in this universe, or it's a real movie in that universe, fictional in this one. And as George <laughs> Hendricks says, it's actually an adult film. Yeah. Uh, that I'm, I'm going to have him research for me. Oh, I, th- I, th- but, I thought Heidi 2 was the, the sequel to Heidi Bennett's biopic. That the, I thought Sean, <laughs> you know, I don't know about this. So remember, like, soon. Yeah, the first one that had like Sissy Spessick played her. And then the second one, they recast her with Harrison Ford, which I thought was a very Heidi too was a weird, was, it was a, a weird choice, but it was a, a bold, bold choice. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but they pulled it off. So he's so he's dressed up like a, a Clint Eastwood cowboy type, and it's funny if right around second thirty, about thirty four, you see like there's a couple that they're going to the theater, and you can almost read the lips of the woman. She clearly says like, "Oh, that guy's dressed like a cowboy." Because then her date, he like looks around like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "No, behind you, there's a guy, just a cowboy." And he like turns and looks at both of them. He's like, "Ah, son of a gun!" And he like, "Yeah." And yeah, obviously looks like, "Oh, she's got a French maid outfit." Like, he's just like, oh, "What about that?" <laughs> he's liking but, that a bit too much, maybe. Yeah. So, so yeah, she thinks it's just a costume date. She's just like a maid, but he's just up like uh, a cowboy with the. Hold on, make sure I get that name right. Uh, wants to be called Bronco. Bronco. Call me Bronco. And he says he's seen the movie over a hundred times, so that adds into he's seen he's been in this town at least you know over a hundred days. <laughs> well, like, uh, well, I was going to ask you that. Do you think it's a literal figure? Because I get the impression that it is. He's not yeah, exaggerating no. for comedic effect mm. or anything. Oh no, I think he's seen it. And the reason I'm and, and I started thinking like maybe this character Bronco is in the movie. And so I'm like, maybe that's what the sequel is. Like, okay, I looked at the sequel, or I looked at the original movie, and I, the, I read the, I read the Shirley Temple one. I feel like 
I'll go off the Shirley Temple one. That could be the one people know a lot of. <laughs> and all right, so it's in it's around the story takes place in the eighteen hundreds, a late eighteen eighties in Europe. It looks like it goes from the Swiss Alps to <laughs> some some city village, probably in, in, in Switzerland. So I'm thinking maybe Heidi goes to the American West in the 1890s, early 1900s, and she runs into a cowboy named Bronco who, you know, because <laughs> this is 1993, and it's like, why are we doing a sequel to Heidi? What What's the point of it? And I'm like, we have a, uh, <clears throat> we got a blondie uh, man with no name type character in it named Bronco. And they're like, sold, let's do it. <laughs> See, I, I, I think you're... You, that sounds more like an Emmanuel movie than Heidi. <laughs> oh God, um, Emmanuel! <laughs> I think every uh, everyone about my age saw a lot of Emmanuel late at night <laughs> when they yeah. weren't supposed to be watching okay. TV. Well, I, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Of course. <laughs> but so yeah, this is this is interesting. That yeah, I don't. I mean, certainly we can think about potential connections between these costumes and. Well, and, you know, the two costumes, do they relate to each other? Or do they relate to the movie? Um, ultimately, what, what Ramis says in the commentary on the Blu-ray for the director's commentary um, as to why, why is Phil dressed as Clint Eastwood? Because he can. Yeah. Yeah. This is the <laughs> quote that this is, this is just further down that road of um, just hedonism born of boredom. Mm. At this point, that he's yeah. What are you gonna do stuck in this small town, this small hamlet in in rural Pennsylvania the, 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 um, every day? This is kind of like the the wholesome representation of like the Caligula esque levels he can go to now, where he's like, <laughs> I'm just gonna get this Mercedes and take someone to see this movie I've seen a hundred times, dress as Clint Eastwood, just because what. What what are you gonna do? Why not? Just like I can do whatever I want, and nothing, no one's gonna stop me. Uh, yeah, to kind of to kind of keep the movie, the rating, it you know PG here in the states to kind of keep it in a rating where people will go to see it and they'll show it in the theaters, but to suggest a, a level of um, of play, mm, I guess, kind of carefree decadence. <laughs> that, for these yeah, there. decadence that they don't want to they don't want to depict explicitly, but we get the implication that. Phil's kind of gone off the deep end of like I'm just gonna do anything and everything. No, it, and sorry, go ahead. No, so, like, my my question though is that why did he tell her that this was a costume party they were going to? Is this just is, is this part of his kind of carefree nature of like <laughs> like when he was organizing things with her? He's like, oh, whatever, it's a costume party, and then later on he decided, no, oh, I'm gonna take her to see this movie, and like. I, 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 because she seems so baffled. I don't think her French maid outfit has anything to do with the movie. I think she was just right. under the impression that it was just like, oh, it's just a, it's just a costume party. Just show up as whatever. But oh. and then I, I, I'm even wondering though, how did he, how did he get this woman? Is this woman escort? Yeah, that's it. It's like <laughs> did he because he's obviously got money now. He's got this Mercedes. Did he just have a couple of grand left over? And he's like this. But, uh, you know, I can't imagine the escort service in Gobbler's Knob is booming. But <laughs> did he find the, the the one they have? And it was like, yep, come the on. one they have. Well, I imagine Groundhog Day is kind of like it's a. I don't know if this is it, it probably a thing in the UK as well. But whenever there's a big sporting event here in the states, that's one of the stories is supposedly, and I don't know how much of this is truth or urban legend, but supposedly there's a big influx of 
professional sex workers to the area because, oh, there's suddenly going to be all these people and, you know, in this area for a Super Bowl or other sports championship. So I wonder if that's Groundhog Day is kind of like that for Punxsutawney. It's like, you know, there's a circuit. There's the Super Bowls like the first week of February and then then you got to go to Punxsutawney and then there's like March Madness and – Baseball and other stuff. Like, is it just part of the circuit? See, now, now I'm getting like this image though. Like, that's why they do it so early in the morning. It's just like we get that out of the way, and then from like 9 a.m., like Brian Dole Murray's, so he's like, "Get me my escorts. I'm going to the hotel." Free for all. <laughs> yeah. Do the groundhog thing. Yeah, they get that over with, and then you've got the rest of the day. The thing is, though, escorts. if that were true. Just tell that to Phil. He'll want to go every year. He'd be like, what? They do what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what? And if not, he'll do his own Groundhog Day with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> In fact, forget the Groundhog Day. <laughs> just like after a couple of years, like Punxsutawney just becomes this sort of this nebulous void of this horrible behavior. It's like, oh yeah, there used to be something about a Groundhog here, but like now every, <laughs> every year we just go crazy in this one day. It's a cesspool. <laughs> it's a hive of scum and villainy. Yeah. So, and then I we get at the very end of the minute, we get uh we get our old pal Nancy, yeah, walking by. It's actually it's very good like bookend to this whole week. It's just like we were introduced mm-hmm. to Nancy at the beginning, and here we get our. I think is this the last we ever see of her throughout the movie, or does she pop pop up again later on? I we she's in like about a half a second of the next minute as she walks past, but I think that's it. I don't know if we. Mm. I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm holding off to say anything because I feel like when you get to well, you that final party, I feel like they throw in every extra for yeah. the entire film. They're like, let's just fill the auditorium <laughs> with everybody. Like, all, it's like, it's like, I get all the supporting female women to look at Larry when he's up there. <laughs> and that's what it feels like. It feels like they just, like, they make sure they throw every, like, and try to tie all the loose ends together, like, as if Phil brought the entire town together. together. I was going to imagine that like, this crazy, like, 80s party with everyone in the Hawaiian shirts. It's got that old homeless guy who dies, and he's just there for some reason. It's like, Pops, you made it! Hey! He's not dead yeah. for some reason. Yeah, well, maybe that guy's name is Bernie. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and, and, and so Phil's date, like, she looks between Nancy and Phil... When Phil turns around to, to say hi to Nancy, and she gives him this look like, uh, either, either, I'm trying to think what that face is. It's a face of concern. Like, are you trying to compare us right now? Or are you trying to do some kind of three person swing? That's why I'm, that's why I, I get out of it. Is that, <laughs> I'm, I, I just took it as been like, here's some guy she doesn't know who's dressed in a cowboy outfit, and he knows her name. He says, like, hey, Nancy. And she's just like, who the, who the oh, hell are you? not from Nancy's perspective. I meant from the date's oh, perspective sorry, looking sorry. at Phil. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Completely misconstrued that there. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm still, like, I'm still, like, on the fence. Like, is she an escort? Or, like, do he is able to pick her up as easy as he did Nancy? And then he hands her, like, a, a stack of hundreds and was like, get yourself a nice costume. We're going out tonight. You know? Like, did he do that? And then she was like, okay. And she thought she was going to go to some, like, cool costume party and she gets her like sexiest french maid outfit yeah so like, the fact that she went for french maid as well is like no judgment on anyone who's ever worn a french maid outfit out <laughs> but it is sort of like it's it's a deliberately sexy outfit which you would associate like oh well the you ask an escort to go to a party she would want to dress in something very sexy so you'd assume that might be if she were an escort that might be a thing that she would choose to wear 
and that's 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 I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to knock on her. I'm trying to say, hey, she's you know mortgages to pay, but like <laughs> that you know that's 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 Phil trying to fill the void of like loneliness is that he sees the movie. He's trying and he, and he's that a hundred times. He spends his nights there because he's tired of like, like I said like he's probably been with Nancy so many times that it's just like he's may maybe he's trying to have conversations with her as deep as he's had it with Rita, and maybe Nancy isn't you know she's not that intellectually interesting to talk to like Rita was about poet French poetry and literature and and and, and other stuff like that that he talked earlier in the diners with mm. her and so mm. now he's like screw it I'll just get an escort I'll just get my I'll get my kicks no I don't no one's we're not judging either of each other and then I'll wake up tomorrow I think it would be remiss as well like if we didn't mention that yeah as you said that like Phil's dressed up as you know the man with no name, Blondie, and good, the bad, and the ugly, and that that the classic Clint Eastwood garb. But then when he says the name Bronco, <laughs> there is the Clint East, Clint Eastwood movie Bronco Billy. Oh, but then yeah. that he, yeah. he doesn't dress like that, Matt. He's like a real cheesy kind of show. Like his whole thing is that he's in a kind of circus act, and he's like the show shooter. He just like takes shots, and he wears like the kind of cheesy LeMay shirt and. Like kind of tassels and the sleeves and stuff. He's like he's a very cheesy cowboy in that. So it's kind of like it's a kind of cross purposes reference of like, is he going for Bronco Billy or is it what, what you know? But he dresses the man with no name. Or is there is there a character called Bronco in Heidi too who does dress like this? Or I'm gonna be I'm gonna be flat out <laughs> honest. If you're gonna tr- if you're a movie studio trying to push Heidi two in the American cinema. You better have it be some Western cowboy, <laughs> uh, red. Uh, what's his name? Red from uh, True Grit, or 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 you have Blondie. Or it's like you need a John Wayne or 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 uh, or a Clint Eastwood type character because you're like, yeah, you don't want to do the same movie again, and it'd be more fun. And that's it. Like, isn't that the point of most sequels? Is that you got you take the character and you put them in even in a more outlandish situation? <laughs> like that's what they did with an American Tale. I was like, what we got to do with this Russian immigrant mouse? <laughs> Let's take, put, put them in the Wild West. There you go. <laughs> Logically, <laughs> of course, that's what you need that's to do. That's what they did with Ace Ventura. Look how great that turned out. We're like, like I just barely got the, under the concept of a, of a pet detective, and they were like, the sequel, like, uh, I don't know, just send him right to Africa, and we'll just have him <laughs> yeah, yeah. screw See, around you think that would be like the fourth movie or something? <laughs> yeah, they went so far to the Africa in the sequel that was like, look, I, w- I barely understood the concept of a pet detective in the first movie. <laughs> And that somehow was her name. Was it Sean Young? Was a man? Yeah, that's, yeah <laughs> that's that like, joke. I find that uncomfortable now. I'll yeah, be I was honest. like, <laughs> well, I that's what I never got. I'm like, that's not in any way a man. And I was just like, I was just like, that is a woman. How do you? How are we playing that one off? But anyway, bad. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, at least <laughs> for something like Back to the Future, they waited for the third movie. Yeah, before yeah. Before they went yeah. all. Western. And it was at least in context. It was like, oh, okay. 18. Yeah, it fits that franchise perfectly. That's fine. They can yeah. go anywhere. I'm surprised they didn't do a hundred Back to the Future don't, movies. Just go in everywhere don't and anywhere. Them, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Although I know Zemeckis has said like, no, not, not while he's alive. There's not, nothing, no remakes, none of that, so... While he's yeah. alive, while he's yeah, so, <laughs> that's the key phrase there. While he's alive, it's just like yeah. I mean, they did the cartoon series, and that was like forgettable. But that mm. would have been just cheap. Mm. Yeah, it it could have been great, but it's the same with Indiana Jones. I think, like in theory, they could have just kept knocking those movies out. Like, just he, he's after a new artifact. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll watch it. But they missed the yeah. chance. 
I mean, that's why everyone panics about them recasting. I was like, I was like, I don't know. They, they said that was how they're going to do American Bond was do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I'm okay with the recasting. Just like make the make the point of the film worth watching. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Number one. Uh, I just got, I'm the too f- deeply cynical after like you had a, such a huge gap between Last Crusade and then King the Crystal Skull. And it just didn't work. And it's just like now like we're going back in for another one. It's like, dude. Film ended. The, the, the franchise ended thirty years ago. Okay, it's done. Mm, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Done. and a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people don't even like the second movie in that trilogy. So it's like it's not as if you were <laughs> juggling gold all the time. It's like yeah. just 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 yeah. leave it as it is. But yeah, mm-hmm. how, how Tom, Jerry, and uh, and Pete talk about it, it's like <laughs> even in Last Crusade. Like I mean, they beef with almost every minute. They're just like, oh, it's not Raiders. Oh, this isn't Raiders. And, <laughs> It's all they're doing is just compared to Raiders. Like these guys, clearly, if they had their, if they had it their way, they would have one perfect film. Yes, <laughs> I found that though this to be a thing with the the movies by minute format is that like this there was a, a period when we were mid Batman where we were making fun of everything so much that I actually had to go in one episode like I should reiterate that we really love this movie <laughs> because we were just taking the piss out of everything and it, it's easy it's a yeah, market but it's just like it's just, you know it was just set up we're doing this big, out of love we're not you know but hey this this is really stupid what they've done here and stuff so it, it's just a danger of looking at anything too closely is that you'll find the flaws and then just for entertainment purposes hey let's just make fun of it so <laughs> well and that's easier to do than just to to talk about oh how great the movie is and everyone's acting so well and everything's exactly. made so great um you know you can only do that so much till you'll notice oh like you know that crazy extra that kid with the balloon what what's he doing you know and then you start looking at <laughs> good question like or, you know, <laughs> and i still wonder what what that kid was up to but uh yeah so and and with this movie i mean there's not technically this is very well done and and even with the repeated scenes and these loops uh the consistency and everything was 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 great, but yeah, we we do slip down these slopes. Sometime we end up talking about you know if we start we start thinking about some of the ethical and moral moral implications of of the things that Phil is doing. Um, it's not always you know it's not always the cheery comedy yeah. that it is when you you know if you just watch it one movie at a time versus one minute at a time. Mm. But you know it's it's our mandate. You know what. I want to say this. I want to take it back. I like <laughs> to pretend Nancy's going to the the dinner dance and she's going to have fun the night. <laughs> well, yeah, you never All know. Right, yeah. yeah, I just I want because I cause I think that's another thing that we 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 kind of come to the point with this doing these this this movie is that every time we see these these side characters, these little characters that you know they don't mean much at first to the storyline of Phil. But you know, you can almost not saying perfectly, but get a map and start drawing out like what their day is mm. like while Phil's doing his hijinks. Yeah. yeah. Well, for all we know, we don't really know too much about Nancy. I know we've we've talked a lot about her. For all we know, she may be, you know, engaged. Maybe tomorrow's her wedding day. <laughs> and oh. Phil has spent all day like he spends the first half of the day. Oh, that guy's no good for you. You could do so much better. Remember all the plans we made back in high school and you're going to throw it away for that loser. That's the first half of the day is breaking them up. And then the second half of the day is then, you know, picking up the pieces and building her up about, you know, building her up back up again. And that's why she's so receptive to the idea of being his wife at the end, because she was already, you know, rather than 
because <laughs> we kind of painted her a little bit of like a a bit of a loser. That here's Aww. this guy that she's only one, known for one day, and she's fallen for him, and she's going to be, you know, she's buying all his lines about always loving her and, and, and wanting her to be his wife when, you know, she's only known him for a day, and she's kind of hoodwinked, and maybe it's, it, it, it paints Phil in a darker light, but I think, you know, Nancy isn't necessarily the person that we see, because we don't really see a lot of her. We don't know how much work it's taken for Phil to get her to that yeah. point. Plus, you know, she might as well get married at that point. She's probably got the dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've already invested. Yeah, the, yeah. She's got a, a theme picked out and centerpieces. and, and everything, That, that so. does make Phil out to be, like, w- even worse than originally anticipated. And her, actually, as well. The fact that she's, <laughs> like, within a day, she's willing to let this guy sway her away from her, you know, her, her future husband. But, like... Yeah. That that also makes Phil seem like he would have to do it so often and break down her barriers to the level of like he's just it's almost like he's a kind of a predator basically it's like it's it's it gets to a really mm-hmm. if you think of it that way it it takes a very sinister <laughs> route of like oh my this guy is like a complete creep you know it's the he deserves his ten thousand year confinement to one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, maybe yeah, he's maybe, in hell. Maybe he does. Yeah. She's not wearing any engagement rings. <laughs> oh, you've scrubbed through. I scrubbed through. Uh, confirmation. Through. Unless okay. she's Dave's took it so off. desperate for Nancy mm. to be happy. He's he did that in advance. He's like, I just want to check if she's <laughs> I want, maybe she's yeah. getting married or no. Look, she's single, but I want her to mingle tonight at the Groundhog Dance. That's yes. what I want. She's going to the Groundhog Ball, the dance. See, the, what I, what nice I want every couple of weeks now, I want you, Dave, to check in. Just tell us what you think Nancy is up to at, the, at that section of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what is Nancy up to, up to these days? Maybe she hooks up with Ned Ryerson. Maybe like that's a so the, and it's like although that would be potentially a fate worse than death, though, to be hooked up to Ned Ryerson. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's honestly that is a good week way to wrap up the week. This is the Chronicles of Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, and so yeah. Before we wrap it up uh, this week with you, anything else you wanted to discuss on uh, on Nancy, on Phil, going to see Heidi to anything? Uh, no, I, I think I'm I'm all noted out. No, I think that's everything. I'm just basking in the glory of this look. He looks, he just looks amazing. He's rocking that poncho. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I, I almost wish he found a way to get that costume before he went to Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> he oh, just no. turned up in that anyway. I'm doing. I'm doing. The yeah, I wonder. Yeah, like what, this. what time does the costume shop open? If, if he, yeah, if he could do his morning broadcast, uh, I'm just excited because I we're here to rustle up uh, some. Ground I know someone's okay. birthday's next week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen. I, I bet you the owner of the costume shop is at Gobbler's Knob, so it's like he's got to wait till after the festivities, yeah. and then they open the shop up. Although if. If we could get one of the hosts of Batman at eighty nine, okay, dressed up with the, the 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 old west, the poncho, the the six shooter on his side, and leather chaps and everything, okay, the way Phil is dressed here, and I think one of you see where I'm going with this. And if we could get the other host <laughs> of Batman at eighty nine, yeah, dressed as the other person <laughs> on the date in this minute yeah. of the film. Oh, we're talking in a French maid outfit. In the French maid outfit. Okay. I'll wear that. I just think I would I would listen to that. I would listen to that podcast. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. All that. Get them all dressed up. 
Okay, now sit in a room with some microphones. I want to listen to that. I don't want to get you too excited, Sean, but uh, yeah. back in yeah. back in university, I at one point did wear a French maid outfit for a Halloween costume. So Woo! I don't Woo. know if there's photographic evidence of it around, but I can have a look for you if you want. Oh wait, no. I'm not saying actually no. no. It was a Playboy bunny. No. So I said completely, oh, completely yeah. different thing. So ruined. Yeah. Different thing. Ruined. All right, that's it. All Off right. with the show. Right, well, yeah, kick not out. having you back again. <laughs> well, uh, but no, we but we do want to thank you for being on. <laughs> yes, and 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 we got to ask. Yep, if our listeners want to hear more about you, where can they find you? Niall, I'm going to leave it up oh, to you. Uh, well, you can find us uh, if you go to Google and type in Bat Minute eighty nine. We're in all the major things. We can get us on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. But if you want to actually listen to the show, we are available through iTunes and through all your major podcatchers like Pod Podcast Addict and Podbean and all of those things. And uh, yeah, just by all means, come on over anytime. We have wrapped the entirety of the first movie. And we've got a couple of high projects lined up, but we'll be gearing into Batman Returns. So if you want to start now, by the time you're done with that first film, we could well be launching into Batman Returns at that point. So just uh, come on down. We love having new listeners. We love having the Batman 89 listeners community. So uh, come join in whenever you fancy. Yeah, and I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll uh, echo. I should. That. Sentiment, I guess, yeah. or agree, concur. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the the Batman at 89 podcast. It's a, a great movie. Um, oh. If you haven't if you haven't seen it in a while, and you think it's not good, go back watch it, and you'll realize, oh wait, this was good. What was I? I've thinking? actually had the revelation um, this week yeah. of uh, because the whole time I've been saying like was the 89 is my favorite of the four, and then because it's like right, mm-hmm. we're done with that, and then I had. I, you know, got my copy of Batman Returns out, and I was just sort of like idling through it one day. I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna get ready. A couple of months, we're gonna be talking about this movie." And there's just scenes in Batman Returns. I'm like, "Holy crap, this is a really good movie!" Like, this is as bits. I was oh, really excited yeah. about. Like, oh, I can't yeah. wait to talk about this scene. This is so good and stuff. So, just yeah. you wait. It's All the right. best yeah. one. And I will me. pitch as well. If people uh, need an extra little bit of grease in the wheels. Both Dave and Sean have been on Batman at '89. So. Uh, if you can't get enough of these guys, yeah. they're on our show as well. <laughs> yeah, at the very yes. least, listen to those episodes. Sean had a good, fun week, yes. and then Dave had the most tragic minutes of the whole film. Where, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we uh, thank All you for right. having us on, uh, Sean. Tell the listeners where to find us. <laughs> oh yeah, so you can you can find us uh, at our website groundhogminute.com. You can also join the conversation. At uh, our Facebook listeners group, and that is Gobbler's Knob. And we're also on Twitter, at Groundhog Minute. So thank you, everyone, for listening. John and I'll thank you again so much for joining us. We had a, a great time. And thank you. And so we will, uh, to all your listeners out there in podcast land, we will see you tomorrow, if there is one. This week was sweeter than pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Let them say your hair's too long Cause I don't care with you, I care